This podcast is a conversation by Julie Benetti and Susan Bobro and is a production of VI Alliance Copyright 2019. And this chart-busting hit, Alone Leave Me, courtesy of New Threads, is available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie and Susan, and we are back with another Neville Goddard read, Feeling is the Secret. And this one's a cool one because it's very short, it's very intense, and you can find it online anywhere, so it's very accessible as well. And I think it has just a great energy to it. It's funny because it's only probably 20 pages if you print it out in small print. You go so deep, and you know, I go into it, and I go so deep that it becomes very simple to me. And I don't mean simple like dumb. It's so in-depth that the simplicity of it is so beautiful. That's wonderful because, you know, I can't even get past the forward. I just have such an appreciation for this work because we all feel. Feelings are everywhere and, you know, people, quote-unquote, make us feel. Although, you know, we're the ones who make us feel. Yet anyway, I don't want to go into that yet. I love the forward because he says, I have purposely omitted all arguments and testimonials and simply challenged the open-minded reader to practice the law of consciousness as revealed in this book. And I really like that because it aligns a lot with what we did in our first book, Energetic Invocations, where we just offered the process. It's what we worked with. It's how we did the work. We do the work. We move along. And there was no kind of crap in there about, you know, just arguments and testimonials. And when we did then the second version, the process, this, we put in just some little anecdotes, but there's still no our story. where I go with this? I go right to, you get out of it what you put into it, which is the truth with anything. If you read this and you sounds good, yada, yada, yada. Oh, wait a minute. Is my coffee ready? Mm-hmm. If you don't put the effort into mm-hmm. it, you're going to get nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. And you know something? That relates to life. Anything you do, mm-hmm. you get out of it what you put into it. And that's where I read this. I agree with you. It's yeah. I just go into really a, a lot of the stuff that's in here. I look back on things I've read, I've heard, even biblical passages and it's like wow it really goes to a very simple way of being right and this is the same the same thing if you're not going to put any any effort into it you're not going to get anything out of it and that's what i think the downfall the self-help Oh, yeah. thing was is that oh, I'm going to tell you you know this is the answer give me the answer give me the mm. answer the answer is you got to do the work to you know to work with your mind right and if and if you don't do that work I don't care and I will step out on a limb and say this that <laughs> if you do not do the work you are simply giving your money away mm. in terms of books mm. okay go ahead well no that's <laughs> yeah that's the truth of it I agree with you completely so when he goes into chapter one it's law and it's operation and he you know talks about conscious and subconscious and he talks about consciousness being the one and only reality not figuratively but actually and I find a lot of what he talks about to be alchemy because you really do use your mind and your thoughts with energy to create what you want and even though we know Neville Goddard has said in the past that all creation has occurred there's still kind of an, an, an end point that you're reaching to so you're, you're using your, your ideas mixed with your feeling to create and I think that's that's really beautiful because like you did say it is very simple well he uses also consciousness and subconscious and further on I don't know if it's in this chapter or further on in the book that he says basically it's all one it's just for us 
we have to perceive it as two, but it really mm-hmm. is one consciousness, and the subconscious really is like a subset of it, but yet it's still the same thing, but they break it out for us to understand it better. Mm. And it's interesting because, once again, you know, as he talks about that the consciousness makes the decision, imprints on the subconscious, and the subconscious makes it occur, right? and then it, mm. uh, then it appears out there, as we say it. And, and you know, what's, what's interesting is that when you look, and we said this in our blue book, is that when you look outside and if you don't like something, you know, and people get mad and they always want to point the finger and blame someone. And we have so many discussions and conversations and other podcasts about this one subject that the minute you point the finger, and, and, and I'm going to go specifically to our Oprah yeah, versus right. Donald, everyone's pointing the finger at Trump. Mm-hmm. And whether you like him or not is irrelevant. And, and the reason that it's important, I think, to mention it in this discussion is that the minute you say he's the problem you gave all the power away and right. and as you read this you understand no we are the problem each individual right. is the problem right. and hence what we said in the blue book the good news <laughs> is that if you're the problem then guess what you are the solution right and this it means that you have to do a little bit of work a lot of work however you want to feel about it here we go feel <laughs> But this is really the answer to everything. And isn't it? Here's really the answer. And in our book, what we talked about is how to clear all the garbage so you can finally start to see things for what they are. Right. And here is the answer. And and yet everybody wants someone else to fix out there, to fix them. Mm. Can you fix me? Can you make me happy? Mm. It doesn't matter. Only you can make you happy. Exactly. I think it's beautiful. And, and it's so simple. It really is so simple. Right. And it's funny because, from my, and this is a little personal, as I sit and think about life and, and we talk about the to-do. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't this really encapsulating everything to-do? Mm-hmm. And it's your own mind. So everybody can do it. This isn't like right. you have to be you know, so, rich, you have to be anything. <laughs> everybody does this. And so the interesting part, too, that I found is that a lot of times, you know, there's all those, quote, unquote, we like to say spells out there. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's really hard to meditate. Oh, it's really hard to work with my mind. Oh, it's really hard to stop my thoughts. Oh, how do you do that? And he actually talks about, you know, all of what you just said, yet... He goes to the other end and kind of says, because we know that the subconscious or unconscious kind of goes ahead and makes it happen. And so what he says is the way to control the subconscious is through your ideas and feelings. So if you can't get to how to control my conscious... It's funny, you can kind of mirror it a little bit and go, okay, I, I, can't, I can't access that because, you know, everybody says, oh, it's hard, it's difficult, it's easy, I don't know how to do it, what are the processes? Well, sometimes when you think differently, you get to another vibration. And what if you think about, well, okay, so my subconscious is going to make it happen. So how do I, quote unquote, control my subconscious? Well, it's a little bit of like hypnotizing yourself because do you see what I'm saying? I'm kind of saying, so you turn around and instead you say, hey, the way I work with my subconscious is to, you know, make sure my ideas and feelings are exhibiting exactly what I want. Oh, okay. So then you're not, you almost confuse your mind. So you're not saying, okay, I got to make my mind, I got to fix my, you know, I got to work with my mind. You just get out of your own way and go, okay, let me then work with the subconscious. 
here it is again. Trump's in the news. He's in the news? What could he be in the news for now? <laughs> He's always in the news. Every time you turn around, it's something coming from the mass media. But, you know, nobody talks about the real stuff. Well, somebody does. That's right. Check out our podcast, Oprah versus Donald. Oprah, can you hear us? You're wondering what's it about? You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Kabbalion can get pretty intense, as you can tell with these podcasts, with the conversation between Susan and I. Sometimes reading and listening isn't the best way to absorb the energy. Believe it or not, testing yourself in a fun way with trivia helps you absorb the Kabbalion principles and propel. That's why Susan and I put together a fun ebook to help you do just that. Check it out on Amazon. Download Think You Know the Kabbalion today and have fun with the energy. So then this is where I go to make it so simple. The, the conscious mind, he says, it, you can't bully the subconscious into doing something. What he does say is it's really through persuasion. Mm. And what's interesting is that the persuasion comes through feeling. And that's where, you know, it's funny, the mm. secret drives me crazy is mm. because... It has to do with feeling as if, and the feeling isn't fooling yourself. It's really getting into that space. And I think what people would say, and I have said, is when you're, you believe you're lacking something, and, and you say, okay, so now I have to impress upon my subconscious the feeling that I, I have it. That, that's challenging, you mm-hmm. know? People feel like, how do you do that? How can you really do it? And that's when I realized... The beautiful thing that we were given, which was imagination. Right. And and it's so funny because, I, again, I'm going to simple. I, I think, you know, people say, go back to being a child. You know, childhood, we lived in imagination. We played make-believe. We did all these games. You know, we, you know, cops and robbers. We made believe we were the cop. We made believe we were the robber. We didn't know what it felt like to be a real cop or right. a real robber yep. or any make believe a mother or whatever it is that you you know the grocery store. Remember playing the grocery store <laughs> and you're the cashier. But we made believe and we imagined what it felt like to do that and we had fun with it. And so then you get older and everyone tells you, you know, this is real life and make believe doesn't exist and that's, you know, all childhood, blah, blah, blah. And I go back to once again childhood and like that was not a mistake to give us imagination. That is what we employ to do exactly what he is saying. Mm. If you want to imagine that you have a beautiful car that isn't sitting in your driveway, how do you imagine it's there? Well, you use your imagination. Mm-hmm. And it was a tool we were given that, again, I, I, a lot of the stuff I look at, I think, wow, we, had, we all have this. And yet, we put it in the back, you know... The back cl- back of the closet, you know, is to go to the goodwill to give away because oh, we're not supposed to use it. Now we're adults, and that was so powerful. And isn't it funny that we all started out with it? I, that's what Did I'm we, saying. I mean, we we all, were given it. Was it. A given, right? And we it was just a given. T- and it was we a assumed, natural part of us. So, exactly, right. and we assumed right. that it was, you know, it was a, it was given, but it was useless. It was something that we didn't really need. It was just, you well, know, we had it, and it was, was like that no an assumption based on other people saying exactly. stuff to us, like stop it, that's right. not real, stop exactly. it. Why? And that's what I'm saying. Mm. That it it, mm. it was given to us, and I can employ it. We can all use it. Right, and that's exactly 
it's, it's almost like a tool that, you know, you were given and you thought, oh, we don't need this. You know, put it back. Go out there now. You got to get a job. You got to go to college. You got to get it. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, it was the most precious tool we were given. And we all need to go back into our old toy box and pull it out. And, and right. it's not, you know, and I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent that I happen to just watch the documentary on Won't You Be My Neighbor on Fred Rogers. You know, and it brought me back to my childhood because I loved Mr. Rogers. Yeah, me and, too. And, yeah. and it was, um, you know, and anybody out there who hasn't seen it and when I mm-hmm. have you over, it it is just a, a wonderful documentary. And, and that lend to this you know, at a certain point, you thought and believed, and then you got older, and then you were the adult, and you were not supposed to do it, when, in fact, we should go back to a lot of the things that we did as children. Actually, I think you're right, and I think we would be surprised that there's probably some little minute things that we still do that, yet we don't label it as that. Maybe. So it's still there. It's yes. still there as a as a skill. And, you know, he, he says a lot of, Neville Goddard says a lot of really cool stuff in here. And, you know, actualizing to yourself that feeling is the one and only medium through which ideas get to the subconscious, I think is hugely powerful because we feel so much every day. And yet um, he also reminds us, and we were talking about this at another time, mm-hmm. that you don't want to entertain an undesirable feeling. You don't want to dwell on, you know, quote-unquote, imperfection of others because that doesn't work. That's so, not a, a cool vibration to create. Well, that's with. where I go to do unto others as you'd have done to you. Mm. And it's so that's where, again, where I go. I was reading that. And I'm like, oh, well, that has a whole new meaning. And right. You know, if you do dwell on, well, so-and-so is this, or so-and-so is that, what he says is the subconscious doesn't distinguish between so-and-so thinks this, and -and so-and-so is doing Mm -hmm. this. The subconscious says, oh, jealousy, or oh, um, you know, this one's mean, or this one's ugly, or this one is whatever you want to say. It just hears it, and I know people Mm. that have said things about other people, someone on the street that I see it's a complete reflection of themselves. And, I, and I, right. I've said in, in the past to myself, like someone would say about somebody else, whether, you know, I don't want to go into it, but if they comment on their, the way they look and the comment is negative, it's like, oh my God, it's exactly their issue about themselves. Right, right. And, it, and mm. things I would never think of saying and the cool thing he says, which in, in this word itself, is that when you do that and that occurs, you just impress your subconscious with limitations. And I, I think that's amazing because just the energy of that, I mean, you know, we say that, that there's possibility, you know, amazing possibility out there. Yet the energy of limitations comes from ourselves, you know, judging others. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Mm. And yet, you know, when we say, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to kind of move through some feelings or whatever, sometimes, you know, you get bogged down and stuff and you get bogged down in doubt. And, you know, the curiosity of it is, you know, the doubt could be formulated by your, you know, interpretation that you kind of 
exhibit based in you know your judgment of others and if that expresses limitations and it's funny because what you said about yeah to others, others as, as you had done to, to yourself mm-hmm. right and you know when you're talking about that and there's such a strong energy to that to the sense where it's almost like seeing everybody as one. Well, you know, I I heard not so long ago an interview, and I think it was with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was on probably like Instagram or something. Like, I don't look these things up. It's whatever kind of comes to me. And he's like, doubt has, you know, destroyed more people's Mm. dreams than failure. And, you know, and there's something to that. And if we're creating that, you know, I think most people would agree with the statement that doubt comes in your mind. You know, when he says you think something different, you press upon it something different, you don't entertain negative thoughts. Sometimes those negative thoughts just come in your head. And the only way I think about it is that it's like when I talked about meditation, sometimes thoughts come in your head. Sometimes you should let them come in and let them go. Like you just don't hold on to them because mm-hmm. they're going to. Some, I mean, we live in a world where you hear something, you think something, and you have that momentary lapse of, oh my God, what if? And that comes in your head. And I think if we try to eliminate that completely, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Yet if we allow it to just come in and then pass... And then go back to, well, wait a minute, I know the truth about this. Sometimes I think we're really hard on ourselves, and I think reading this, I can interpret it as being really hard on myself. Because, you know, I'm going to sit there and say, oh my God, I thought this, and why did I entertain, why did I let that go in my head? And by doing that, you're ruminating, and therefore, that negative thought stays in your subconscious longer. Versus, like, it comes in, and you're like, whoa, okay, and let it leave. And sometimes... I mean, as I read this, because I, of course, make everything personal. I always take this and, you know, when we do these podcasts, I go to personal because that's how I learn and that's how I get myself better. And, well, quite frankly, that's why I'm doing these podcasts. (laughs) And And I think a lot of people have the same, you know, you and I are like everybody else, Julie. And I think that everybody has these same issues, at least people that I talk to. And yet I find that the answer to a lot of this is really... You know, when we ask someone, is the cup half full or is it half empty? Mm. It's how you look at things. You, right. you and I were out the other day and, you know, you said to me, how would you act if timing was always perfect? And I'm like, if I can embrace that, because that was a beautiful thing to say and an, an amazing persuasion giving thing to say it was you know because most people don't say those things and you always tend to find something positive and light light lighten you know the mood and I thought about that and I'm like really that's what it is is my perception is is everything bad or is really everything okay Mm. and and I think that sometimes when I can't get to you know the beautiful car sitting in my driveway example well maybe I can get to the perfect car for me is already here and it's what I want is is here and it's it's only getting better right and there's a reason that this is here the way it is not because I don't deserve or don't deserve because it's helping me I don't know maybe it's a stick shift you want and I'm going to learn how to use a stick shift better so then when that beautiful car that I do want comes I'm going to be able to ride it like a dream right 
Hi, this is Julie here with Susan, and I have to ask you, what's one of the favorite books that we've written together? Which one would you say? My favorite would be Energetic Invocations, mm. because you tricked me into writing it, <laughs> and it wrote itself, and I just was grateful to be a part of it. I like all the books we've written. We've had so much fun, but that's probably my favorite. What you know, you? I agree with you. I love Energetic Invocations, and I love the invocations because they're really powerful, and I love the way it slides into the Endra book. So the Endra scripts is really fun as well. So I agree with you. Yep. Awesome. Hey, Susan, you remember that old song that Tom Petty sang? Which old song? The waiting is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Well, he was so right about that. The waiting is the hardest part. The coolest thing about all the stuff we've written, you can get it as an ebook right now. Right now. Live on Amazon right now. And you know what they say, there's no time like the present. Julie, you don't do trivia like everybody else. Oh, no. I started with the Christmas trivia book because I found all this really interesting Christmas content. And so I started making really fun questions. Stuff that nobody else has asked. But you didn't stop there. Nope. I'm working on Halloween, Samhain, and trivia on magic in Salem. And love trivia that's going to be a bit X-rated. You have another one. Yes. We worked on it together. The Kabbalion trivia. And anyone who's heard our podcast or read the Kabbalion by Three Initiates, you got to get this. It's an ebook. It's on Amazon. And you might end up thinking about the Kabbalion in ways that you would never have imagined. And that's the purpose of trivia because it works at your brain, mind, consciousness, and gets you in all types of cool energy to propel from. And isn't that what we like to do? It is. There's a real relaxation. There's a, There's a real beauty of relaxing into that Mm -hmm. and it's a real it's a real art and that doesn't mean that you know it's impossible for people to do I mean it's just a real beauty I can't sing but if I choose that I want to sing I'll take lessons and I'll learn and I'll work at it you want to hear me (laughs) well relaxing into that there's something to that because even when you were talking about looking at others and Mm -hmm. making comments and having that affect ourselves I mean there's a Kabbalion nature in that too because Mm -hmm. if we go to the whole positivity of it and we go to the whole other side of the pendulum you know you can change that and I think there's a real beauty to kind of relaxing into when you talked about when you mentioned the perfect timing I mean I remember in the morning getting ready and being like oh my gosh how am I going to make it there when I would get in the way and instead I would say okay it takes two minutes to brush my teeth it takes two minutes to all right two minutes you know when I could consider it differently and I could kind of think about it and feel about it differently, it was it was relaxing into the sensation that why wouldn't it be perfect timing? Exactly what you said, why wouldn't it be okay? And not dwelling, because when you're dwelling in that feeling, you're not moving into it, creation think, with it. Do you think that is the biggest, why we think it's so difficult and, and we bring so much doubt is because you know, you fall, I'm going to use a commentary, we kind of fall off the wagon. You know, you get an idea and it comes in and you think, oh, oh it, got, it got the better of me. And then you, we stay in it and we get mad at ourselves so that that whatever it was that we didn't do per, the way we wanted to do it kind of stays in our subconscious longer. I'll give you an example, like with, with dieting. I was never a huge dieter because, as you know, I like to eat or whatever. But I remember if I was trying to, like, cut back or watch what I eat, if I had a day where I 
screwed up and I ate, instead of trying to beat myself up on it, I'd say, all right, today I didn't, tomorrow's a new day, tomorrow I do it. Instead of kind of focusing on, oh, I didn't do it, I can't do this, you know, I'm eating crap, blah, 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 right. and sitting in that yuckiness of it, I would try to say, all right, tomorrow's a new day. And let's say, wow, I did a great or anything, but what I'm, what I'm thinking is that I think a lot of us dwell in the fact that we failed and we sit in failure. Right. Well, I think there's a real externalness. Which perpetuates. I think, right. And I think there's a real externalness to how we all live. And so my example with, like, even in the morning getting ready, you look at the clock, you're watching the clock. Oh, my God, that was, oh, my God, look at this. Oh, my God, I, yeah, I just lost yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And you're being controlled, for lack of a better word, by an outside external element, the clock. Instead of when you relax into the sensation of, I'm going to have enough time. I'm going to have it. I mean, we've all heard of people that they can't imagine how they got somewhere in a short amount of time or how they made it to the airport in time or how they, you know, and there's re just relaxing into that feeling. And, and I think it's interesting what you said about dieting because he said, he says in here, and we do have that part in our book where he talks about where he kind of traveled in time mm -hmm. and for, you know, people's quote unquote disease. And he says to feel intensely about a wrong without voicing or Expressing that feeling is the beginning of disease in both body and environment. Do not entertain the feeling of regret or failure for frustration or detachment from your objective results in disease. And as you were talking about that, it's like, okay, so what are you focusing on and what are you creating as limitations in the subconscious? In that sense, what are you dwelling on and, and where is that doubt kind of ruminating? And you're right, you end up sitting in failure, which is, that's not the best place to be. Well, but that's where it's, it stays even longer in your subconscious because you're consciously sitting in failure. Therefore, the subconscious is getting hit more and more and more by that feeling right. of failure as opposed to, and I think we, a lot of us tend to do that as opposed to saying, ah, oh, darn, I, I screwed that up. I mean, we all do it, not just about, you know, what I just mentioned. I just gave a stupid example, but whatever it is, you know, we, you know, and the truth is, is that we can only get closer to where we want to go by making decisions, and not all decisions are going to work. And that's not because we're failures. It's because that's part of the growth. That's part of the experience that propels us forward. So we can go to the point where either we don't do anything and we, we just kind of paralyzed by fear, or, you know, we sit and we try something and it doesn't work, and instead of saying, all right, I'm gonna try it this way, all right, I'm gonna try it that way, we sit and we failed, oh my God, I can't do it, I, you know, I suck, right. blah, 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 and that's what the subconscious hears. And I think that's what he's saying in this. Mm. And what's interesting is in this book, he talks about the two times when we have our subconscious is in its most attention to us, giving us its most attention is through prayer mm. and through sleep. Right. And you think of the energy of those two times. I mean, to me, when I read it and, and I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, that moment just before you go to sleep and when you meditate, you actually, your five senses kind of go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because then the subconscious does come forward. Right. And so another thing he says is that the subconscious always accepts as true that which you feel to be true. And I think that's huge. That's a huge, powerful statement. So irregardless of anything that's going on, if you convince yourself you're fat, you're fat. I mean, that's just going to say, oh, okay, sure, no problem. Well, you're, you well, convince you know, it yourself. Goes, to so me, it goes to, again, you know what? What's, what's fat? It's interesting. 
I had a conversation today with someone, and I said, you know, you reach a certain, so they were talking about gaining weight and, you know, mm -hmm. losing weight. This person just had a baby, and it's like, you know what, at the end of the day, I, I can look at myself and I can compare myself to 20 years ago or whatever, and I thought, you know what, I'm healthy, I do a lot of things, I'm able to, and it's like, so what's the definition of fat? Everyone has a mm -hmm. definition. I'm trying to think of, I can't remember the actress. She was beautiful, Marilyn Monroe. She was not skinny. And yet, you know, I guess there was someone who said, yeah, her, her thighs rubbed together. She was beautiful. <laughs> Do you think she considered herself fat? Many people today would consider, if they had that, mm -hmm. you know, they would consider themselves. So it really is what you tell yourself. And that's right. what I was talking about is your perception. Mm -hmm. Am I fat or am I healthy? Right. What's important? Right, and that's, and, it's, and that's simply whatever you impress upon the yes. subconscious, it's going to express. And so you're, and, and it's going to be what you see, how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, again, and I'm, we keep going to the same example, but there are people that are anorexic, right? That look and see themselves as fat, and we can't understand that. Mm -hmm. That's another example. And the other, if you see yourself a certain way, until you change the way you see yourself, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what occurs. You're still going to see yourself that way, whatever it is. And I'm not going to go into a list of, you know, adjectives. You you have your own, how you see yourself. I have my own, what how I view myself. And it's not going to change until I change it. And I think that's the other part of this, is that we all have the power to change how we see ourselves. Right. And in this example where he's talking about feeling being the secret mm -hmm. that's that's the superpower and changing the feeling changes the pattern only you can change the feeling right because you said things to me julie and we're not gonna you know like oh my god how i've had people say things to me how can you not see this how can you not whatever it is and until i see it it doesn't matter what someone tells me you know good things or bad you know, until you can change your mindset to see in it for yourself. And that's why we, you know, certain people say, oh, I want to be this. Can you see yourself? Right. Well, no, I can't ever see it. Well, this is never going to happen. Right. You know, and I'll, give, I'll go to another example. Someone who wants to, I want to be rich. You know what? There's, what's the definition of rich? There's always going to be somebody richer than you. Mm -hmm. But unless you see yourself as rich, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're never going to consider yourself rich. Right. And this really is, this whole piece is really an exemplification of as within, so without. Mm -hmm. And I just think, again, we talk about prayer, we talk about sleep. It's when your five senses are not dictating to you what you see, mm -hmm. what you hear, what you feel, what you taste, what you see. It's blocking out all of that. Right. And therefore... It's interesting because that's when you have the ability to tell your subconscious anything you want. So why wouldn't you tell it what you really want to say? Thank you for listening to this production from EI Alliance. Check out our Amazon authors pages for books and podcasts. Find New Threads music and their latest album on iTunes, Spotify, and newthreads.us.